0: Hello to Roger fans. Welcome to the Peristyle podcast on a Tuesday. A little later on Tuesday, we're getting the show, but it is a Tuesday. We're going to talk some USC football summer workouts with USC beat writer and columnist Dan Weber. A uh, bunch of questions to get to. We'd love to hear from you. So send us your questions. Podcast at USC is the email address. Little change as far as the voicemail goes. So I've been giving out the voicemail number that was Somehow disconnected and I guess that service doesn't work anymore. So we had to change up the voicemail number, the new number, and I'll put it up on the website too. 641-715-3900. 641-715-3900. And you have to enter our mailbox. Our mailbox is 816-646. That's 816-646. So sorry about that change there. You can also go to our website, peristylepodcast.com. On the left side of the page, you can leave a voicemail right from your computer. So, sorry about that. If you've been trying to leave a voicemail the last few weeks, it's going to somebody else. They changed the service. So, we had to change our voicemail number. I do apologize for that. Without further ado, let's bring in Dan Weber. Dan, what's going on, man? How are you doing?
1: Well, pretty good. Uh, I'm just uh, noticing uh, I hadn't paid as much attention to the fact that college football has officially started since we're in day two of the SEC four-day media get together in birmingham so uh you know college football has started
0: it has yeah the four-day extravaganza of sec media days everyone's down there covering it we got the pac-12 media days coming up later in the month we'll definitely be all over that and uh, i just wanted to let everyone know about our sponsor michael malin real estate they sponsor our tuesday show i'm actually gonna have a lunch with michael on wednesday get to catch up with him but great guy uh, great trojan if you need any help in the real estate market here in Southern California, definitely give him a call. His number is 310-275-4688, or you can go to his website, com. but check it out. I'm going to, we always love when I get together with him, Dan, we get to talk a lot of stats. He kind of explains what's going on with the stats because he's on the stat team in the Coliseum. So we'll, we'll have to get together with you sometime and, uh, and, you know, have some lunch and swap some stories.
1: Absolutely. I'm, uh, Having been a sports information director, um, uh, I'm, a, I'm a stats guy. You know, I, uh, I numbers. Uh, you know, when it comes to you know the kind of stuff those guys do, uh, you just can't can't get enough of that.
0: Yeah, well, we'll get him on too. Um, or he, so he said. Someone from the stats department. We could get. Uh, it used to be when I was in school. It was Ned Miller. He was a longtime stats guy. You would always hear that at the end. Ned Miller and staff. And I forget who's doing it now, but they're, you know, there's, I think there's like nine people that are in the Coliseum doing the stats for the games.
1: Yeah, no, it's, uh, takes a lot of people, uh, and then, you know, they generate those things and they're, uh, you know, immediately available. It's pretty amazing. Uh, and, and, you know, they're, you can, you know, monitor them real time. We, uh, we do have, uh, monitors there and, uh, it's, um, it's a big, it's a big help. I mean, it, it's just, uh, the stat thing, is, you know, I think when I was starting the SID, and that you would, you know, you had the mimeograph sheets, you know, and, <laughs> and, you know, everything was by hand and, uh, you know, you were adding the numbers up and, and making sure they all, you know, equal, you know, and all that. Now it, it's all, it's all done for you. It's, uh, you can get a lot more stats and a lot quicker and a lot more accurately. And so it's kind of neat.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll have lunch with them tomorrow. It should be interesting. Um, so wanted to talk about the summer workouts. We do have a few questions. We'll get to those in a little bit. Uh, but one of the interesting things, uh, you know, we were at the Tuesday morning summer workout, and there was a lot of linebacker talk. So maybe you can kind of go into, you know, what this group is, who's calling them the number one group, and what the players kind of think about that.
1: Yeah, I, I had time to go over the – the Phil Steele does, I think, without a doubt, the best job in their college football magazine. There's 352 pages, and he does – and they've got it, you know. It's in small type because he's got so much information, and he does, you know, spend so much time with, you know, researching it. And and he just flat out said, "Yes, he's got the best, you know." Like he ranks all the position groups, and he said, yes, he has by far, well, by far, USC's he, yes, got the best linebackers in the country." And talking to Anthony Carroll and um, and Sue Cravens today, the thing that they both talked about. With the numbers, and they both, and this is something you don't think about. You know, There's got a lot of good walk-on linebackers there as well, and all the freshmen and guys, you know, that like Lamar Dawson, Javari Ruffin, who, who missed last year with injuries. And Anthony said, hey, we've got 18 linebackers. He said, you know, this is like unheard of, you know, that, you know, at that position. And he said, you know, if you came into our linebacker room, he said, I don't think any coach in the country would trade their linebackers for ours. Uh, you know, they take ours. And uh, and Sua said, he said, the thing I like is, he said, we've got, if we play a power team, we can play the 250-pound guys. And he said, if we play, you know, a lot of the Pac-12 spread, he said, we got a lot of those 215, 220-pound guys who can play uh, and cover and do all that. And he said, so they both talked about the numbers and, the, and the, all the different kinds of talent that they've got there, and the veterans and the young guys, and um, they, you know, they like their chances, and they don't back off, you know, of saying that, yeah, we think we, we've got the best uh, the best linebacker group. I think one of the numbers still used was I think nine of the linebackers that USC has, um, he would rank everybody at every position when they came out of high school. And so he went back and checked his numbers, and I think USC has nine guys at that position who were ranked in the top 16 of their position of linebacker when they came out of high school. So uh, you know that's a that's a pretty good number uh, for starters. So, uh, but uh, it's pretty neat that uh, you know they're getting recognized, and I don't know that anybody, everybody, had the feeling you know this is a, a good group or this has got a lot of talent or a lot of potential anyway, um, but to have, you know, somebody like that, uh, you know, pick up on it, and they weren't the only position. USC is number two in the nation, at quarterback uh, with the position, uh, Ohio State with the three guys. You can't, I mean, how could you go against Ohio State? But I thought Phil had an interesting comment. He said not only will Cody, you know, Kessler be a Heisman front runner, but he said he thought Max, Brown next year would be one of the people that they're going to consider as a, as a serious Heisman contender next year. So, uh, that was pretty interesting. And, and just looking at, um, ESPN right now, and they're doing some highlights from the, uh, F, uh SEC, uh, Media Day, and they're running under the crawl. They're talking about facts you may, you don't know. And one of the first ones was, did you know that in the second half of the season last year, uh, Cody Kessler threw for 28 touchdown passes? Uh, the nearest to him was, uh, number two was Marcus Mariota, who threw 25 touchdown passes. So I don't think I'd ever seen that stat before. But, uh, so, uh, and then we got to see Cody coming back today after uh, being at the, uh, at the, uh, Manning Passing Academy in the Elite 11. But, um, it's, it's kind of interesting. Hearing and seeing other people the way they look at, uh, you know, this year's
0: Trojans team. Um, the the whole linebacker being number one, linebacker group being number one. I think that's certainly a possibility, but I don't think you Absolutely. can rank this group number one unless you're looking at the incoming freshmen coming in, and you just don't know. I mean, you Porter Gustin looks great, Osa Messina, John Houston. I mean, and and we've seen, you know, today when we were at the summer workout, we saw Cameron Smith getting first team reps, who's He's done a, a great job, you know, and, and he was coming in and getting first team reps because Lamar Dawson wasn't there. Um, but without those true freshmen, I don't think you can rank this linebacker group number one. And that, to me, you're, you're relying on guys. Yeah. They're five star guys and stuff, but that's still kind of a jump. I think Dan a little bit to say like, Oh, that, you know, we're projecting these guys number one. A lot of it has to do with those incoming freshmen. I, I just can't see. The group coming back, you know, of course, Sewer Cravens is great and all that stuff, but like without those five star guys coming in, I don't know you could rank this group number one.
1: Well, I, I think the other difference is, uh, the, the two guys coming back, uh, Lamar Dawson and, and Javari Ruffin. I think it's that combination of those two coming back. You've got Anthony who played like a thousand plays last year. Uh, you know, he just like didn't ever leave the field. And, um, and then Sua is now absolutely a linebacker. But you got to throw the freshmen in the mix. There's no question about it. What you don't have to do is all of them don't have to come through. You know, maybe just one of them comes through, yeah. you know, out of four. And, uh, and that solidifies, solidifies things. I mean, you certainly have more options. And, and I know people tend to look at, uh, and you read the, you know, the parasol and people tend to look at what you don't have coming back or what your problems are. And I think what they don't realize is everybody's got problems. You know, all the good teams hit a lot of guys, you know, go to the NFL. Yeah. Or, You know, move on, move on. And, and you can focus on, well, your guys that, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's not just a USC issue. And, uh, just the idea. They've got 18 line. I mean, there are some guys, for example, some of the walk ons at linebacker. They could play. I mean, they've got guys who can play. Yeah, as walk-ons. Um, so yeah,
0: Quentin Powell, just, man, That's just, a
1: different picture.
0: Quentin Powell, I think, could be a superstar in there. You know, I mean, he's just he just doesn't really get much of a chance.
1: Yeah, he's going to be ba- you know backing up uh, Sua, and you know maybe making a lot of plays in special teams. But yeah, I mean, there are guys that can you know just flat out play, and um, and I think you know I think they they're not going to have them just. Stand in there and wait for things to happen like they did last year. I mean, as you pointed out with your, you know, study on the, on the lack of blitzing, that that was a team that kind of just stood and hoped, you know, something good would happen. And one would think that this is a team that's going to force the action, that they've got enough people and they're going to know hopefully enough, you know, in the second year of, of doing this, that they're going to know, you know, what they're doing and they're not going to have to stand around, wait, wait and hope something good happens. That they're going to try to take people out. You know, those long drives at the end of games that, that, that caught up with them a couple of times should have never happened. And, uh, you have to be able to take teams out of their offense, give them a bad play here and there and, and not allow those, those, you know, long drives to happen. And, uh, you know, I get the sense this, uh, the coaches will have enough confidence to be able to play up to the ability. The other thing this team's got is they got a lot more tall guys and yeah. guys who can get their hands into the passing lanes that we haven't seen before.
0: That's true and I you know Cameron Smith I may I don't know people just didn't really I I don't know they put a lot of stock into him or whatever but he's been in the right spot at the right time, he's made play after play on the football, interceptions, pick sixes, and it's. Uh, it was funny. I was listening to Sua Cravens talk to him on the sideline, and you know he was running with the ones with Lamar Dawson in there. I mean, I think that the guys feel comfortable with him uh, in there right now. And Sua was asking him about that number thirty-five he was going to wear, and and kind of making fun of that number. And uh, I forget who he, who was talking with. I think it was Anthony Sorayo that was saying that, no, that's a very historic, you know, historically that's been a great number for USC linebackers. And Sua didn't really, he didn't really think much <laughs> much of that number. But I think he can bring that number 35 <laughs> tradition back.
1: Yeah, I think he's been, If we had to say, he's been a surprise. I just think he didn't get much credit for his cover skills. And those are the things that have jumped out at you. And those are the things you really don't expect you know, bring a brand-new freshman who should have been a you know senior in high school you know, in the spring. You just don't expect that. I mean, and he doesn't – he looks more like a, you know, a Dick Bucket type, you know, a Ray Nitsky type guy, but he's got a lot of finesse about him. I mean, he really does. And, uh, um, and yet then and you see, you know, Porter Gustin and Osa Messina and John Houston, and you think, hmm, he's got a lot of guys that kind of don't look like freshmen. Now, you know, I think the fact that Cameron did what he did, um, you know, that uh, in the spring, I think it's kind of encouraged the other freshmen coming in that, you know, you can get out there and play as well. And he uh, knows how this is all going to play out, but it's, it's kind of neat to just sit back and watch.
0: Yeah. Um, let's get to some questions, Dan. Uh, David wanted to know. So he's talking. He said Isaiah Isaiah Langley signed, but is not on the USC roster or mentioned in discussions on depth charts. Where did he go, and what happened to him? Uh, He's he's here. He's around. We didn't see him today, actually, at the the workout. But you've seen him out there, Dan.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen much. I mean, we've seen you know a little bit of conversation. So I don't know. That's a good question. And and again, it's hard. We're not allowed to talk to the freshmen. It's the kind of thing where if you ask one of the upper classmen, they're liable to say, "Who's he?" And oh, that guy. You know, I mean, so we're just getting used to some of those kids that haven't been here all summer, and so uh, it's something to to take a look at. Uh, you know, probably Friday. And one of the things that happened today, we only had about sixty or so there because. Uh, a lot of the freshmen were doing orientation and a lot of the upper class guys were scheduled to do physical. So today was kind of uh you know, there are only a couple of cornerbacks and uh, uh, today was kind of an unusual day for the, uh, you know, summer throwing session. So uh, hopefully by Friday they're back in, you know, where pretty much everybody is there and, and we'll try to, you know, find out some things. Although, you know, with the freshmen and not being able to talk to them, you can't always, uh, you know, find out the whole story until everything's, you know, getting closer to to being ready to go.
0: Yeah, and, and he, Isaiah should be on, if you go to the, the official USC site, um, he should be on the roster there. We're adding, as the freshmen come in, we're adding them to the scout.com roster, you know, for the uscfootball.com. We're as, adding those players in. I have not seen Isaiah yet. Um, so when I take pictures of the guys, it's usually when I upload them and I add them to the roster. So I will definitely add him um to our roster. It's just basically as the freshmen were arriving, is that's when I was uh adding them to the you know the USCFootball.com roster and filling that all out. The issue was last week I was up at the opening, I was not at the workout, so I wasn't able to take pictures of the guys and stuff. And and like Dan said, he wasn't there this morning. Uh, but I'll make sure he's in the roster. He might I might have added him, but if not, I'll make sure he gets added but there's a few guys like you know cole smith and i think osa Messina we might have added in there but just some of the new guys that weren't there for most of the summer i haven't added to the roster yet that might be some of the the mix up there dan
1: yeah and i think clayton john i, I guess clayton johnson the the blue shirt uh technically you know might be on our roster they're not on usc's roster yet uh taylor mcnamara the burnett uh Clayton Johnson, uh, I'm trying to think who the, who the fourth one is. Uh, they've got four that technically are are um, the blue shirts, and they're not allowed to have them on the roster. They're not allowed to have them in the media guide. I mean, everybody knows, you know, they're going to be part of the, the team, but uh, technically they can't be listed any, any way, any part of uh, – you know, of the process right now.
0: Yeah. So there's, so Deontay Burnett, we've seen out there. Clayton Johnston, we haven't seen. No. And then, uh, Daniel Metrobebe, the, uh, tight end transfer.
1: He'll, that's true. He technically is a, re, a blue shirt with a scholarship. So yeah. yeah. And he won't be, uh, you know, uh, he won't be getting in games this year. He'll be, uh, on the scout team. Yeah. But I yeah, think he's going to apply for a, a,
0: a waiver, but that's like, not like it happened. Then Taylor McNamara, you know, the, Right. A transfer so
1: and so and he you know he's not allowed to I mean they're not even allowed to give him equipment until they actually you know become part of the team and and, and start school and he's going to be in grad school and um, uh, he would have to drive up from San Diego on his own and you know not not staying in, you know like Deonte can drive in you know from home and and come to practice and he can only show up after. The team run is over. He can't go in while they're doing the team run. He's not you know, officially, you know, a member. So, uh, uh, Taylor McNamara is probably going to wait, uh, until, uh, you know, he's allowed to be here.
0: Uh, let's go to Tarek. He had a question. I'm continually impressed by the comments you made about freshman Porter Gustin. Could he potentially be the pure pass rusher USC has lacked since the injury and graduation of Morgan Breslin?
1: Yeah, I just don't think we can answer that. We can watch him and he runs like an athlete. I mean, he's 6'5". He got, he accelerates really well. You can see why he was the leading rebounder in the state of, you know, Utah last year. Uh, he's just got, he, you know, you can't take your eyes off him in some ways and he's, he's 6'5". And, uh, and he really does have, you know, that good acceleration. But, you know, the difference is, uh, you know there's gonna be somebody over there trying to knock your your head off, and um, so uh, I think we'll you know we'll see how that works out. You know when he gets into you know puts the pads on and and start making plays and, and making plays against uh, uh you know big tough guys that uh, his speed might be uh, might be a difference. I mean you don't see many six five guys who look that athletic. I mean he just you know he's got the He's a pitcher in baseball. He's got the hand eye you know, skills and he's got a lot of, he's got a lot going for him. Um, but, uh, but that's one you really, they really do have to get the pads on before you can tell. Um, you, you know, we've had guys who could run at that spot and they would run and not quite make plays. They'd run by the quarterback or they run close to the quarterback and there's a whole second level of skill set that uh, allows you to also make the play at the end, uh, you know, despite having, you know, really good, good, good wheels. Um, you also have to be able to just, uh, you know, make that final play. And uh, and we'll see when we, when we see.
0: Um, Dan, I want to talk about the depth chart a little bit. USC did release the uh, football media guide today and uh, not a lot of, you know, really interesting stuff on the depth chart. I guess with with left tackle, they have Toa Lobendon and Chad Wheeler kind of as oars. Uh, you know, what's going on there. Um, they have Uchenna and Wusu, who I talked today, we'll have a story on him coming up. He's at, you know, the strong side linebacker, uh, basically behind, you know, Quentin Powell and Sua Cravens. Um, a lot of the freshmen, uh, you know, like uh they have for, like, the freshman quarterback, Iman Marshall, is behind, like, a walk-on on the depth chart. Like, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. Um, but any kind of interesting thoughts that you saw from looking at the depth chart today?
1: Well, I guess more than anything, I, I think in terms of the roster kind of thing, I, the depth chart, I just totally don't pay any attention to, I mean, to be honest. I mean, uh, having been there this summer, I, I don't think, the depth chart, chart is even remotely relevant, probably, uh, for us. But I do think that the two relevant things we saw were that, uh, Connor Sullivan and Zach Smith have both been scholarship. So, uh, you've got your two special teams guys, your snapper and your holder, uh, are now listed with the full bios in the, uh, you know, in the, in the regular section. And, um, Two of the guys who were scholarship last year, walk-ons, who earned scholarships, are now listed as the non- as non-scholarship players. Uh, uh, Ryan Dillard and, uh, George Katrib I guess, would be the two. So they've kind of, you know, switched two for two at this point. That doesn't mean, you know, they're gonna have a bunch of scholarships left over. I think it, uh, the most you can come up with is, is, is the 78 number. Uh, and that's with, uh, you know, guys that, you know a number of guys who are certainly not going to play this year. So uh, um, I, I think that's kind of the the most interesting thing I saw was that that they decided to you know the scholarship Connor Sullivan and uh, and Zach Smith.
0: Yeah, those guys are in a lot, so totally makes sense. And it doesn't cost the, you know USC an initial scholarship because they've been on the team for a while. So uh, great for them. And I think we'll see some other walk ons get scholarships as well, but probably not until. Uh, fall camp starts, so there'll be a bunch of announcements and stuff. Uh, especially the second day of fall camp, I think there's going to be a big, you know, all the walk, on, all the uh, blue shirt guys can get announced, and uh, you know they can name some walk-ons with scholarships. So I think there's going to be a big party for, for a lot yeah, of guys. Yeah, that'll
1: be that'll be neat. We haven't done that before. I mean, last year when they uh, when Matt Formeister got blue shirted, uh, everybody said, "What the heck's a blue shirt?" You know, I was <laughs> like, "How that work?" Because we knew they didn't have another scholarship. Uh, another initial scholarship. So at least we all understand the whole blue shirt thing now, but uh yeah, I think the blue shirt day will be now start to become some kind of a uh, a holiday. Yeah. And uh and that's kind of cool. Uh,
0: blue shirt day. Uh well we got to see Cody Kessler out there and uh he was at the opening and did the Manning Passing Camp. Randall had a question on that. Uh he said first thanks for hosting the podcast. What are the rules for players to attend camps, for example, the Manning Camp or the opening? Do players pay their own way or will the NCAA allow camps to cover the charge? Thanks for answering my question. And as always, fight on Randall.
1: Yeah, they pay for him to come up. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I was kidding Cody. I said, what's it feel like? You're back being a player today. Uh, you've been a camp counselor for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think at a man in camp, I think there's 1,200, uh, you know, potential, you know, quarter, I mean, high school kids are quarterbacks who want to be college quarterbacks i'm sure and of course the difference at the uh at the opening you're working with uh you know just the elite kids coming out of high school yeah they
0: have 18 they, co- they have
1: 18 up yeah there, they too. had 18 i guess and cody said no he said, he said far from being a counselor he said he, he said he, he figured he threw about a thousand passes <laughs> at those two uh at those two camps wow so he said i threw he said i was working at getting better and and working at getting feedback from everybody around him so uh he said he didn't want to talk too much he said because then he's talking about himself he said that's not what we're doing here we're this is about you know the team getting better and he said you know he'll talk a little bit about his old, his whole goal was to use it as a as a way of getting better and uh he said he thought he really he, that really worked well for him. Uh, that it was about, you know, what can I do, you know, to get, get better? What can I do to get people to help me get better? And, uh, and he threw the heck out of it. So, uh, but he came back today and looked like he was still fine. So he didn't overthrow that, but, uh, but he said he figured it through, through a thousand passes, uh, between those two.
0: Crazy. Yeah. And then, uh, he was, he was actually a water boy today at practice a little bit, Dan. So the <laughs> there wasn't a lot of guys in the secondary. So poor, you know, like, Chris Hawkins was going pretty much every play and, and, you know, some of the guys were kind of complaining, like, man, can we take a little break here? And there was really not a lot of people to sub in for him. So it was funny to see Cody Kessler like grab Gatorade and he went through the secondary and like was pouring Gatorade into the, each of the secondary players' mouths. It was kind of funny. Well, I
1: think he was feeling guilty because there, he came up to a line of scrimmings once and he, he uh, they didn't have a quarterback. Chris Chris had taken one play off. He was over getting, getting water and Cody's yelling. We need a corner. Quarter- we need a cornerback. We need a cornerback. And I think Robbie Collins yelled out to Chris Hawkins said, "Chris, don't you want to get any better?" And Chris Hawkins came back with, "You better hope I don't get any better." You know, it was kind of that kind of thing. I think, but I think Cody realized, you know, uh, and I, you know, he, Chris said, "Hey, we go every play. We're not very, you know, we're not going to be very good to, you know, challenge it. We got to take a play off here and there." Or, you know, we aren't going to be able to really push you hard because we're going to be all, you know, just so tired. And uh, But they hung in there really well, I think. But uh, there's a nice spirit about this team, I think, uh, you know, the way they, you know, kind of help one another out. I think they really do work against one another, and they work with one another. It's kind of a neat watching uh, watching this team, and that's a little different from last year. I think last year they were so working so hard, to, to learn the up-tempo and, and to learn the offense and learn the defense, they they weren't maybe able to kind of help one another as much as, as you see this year. And You see a lot of that, uh, that, you know, going on.
0: All right, well, Dan, great stuff. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. We had a lot of fun, and uh, it's always fun talking about this team. We're getting closer and closer to fall camp and, of course, the 2015 season. So it's a long, long, long wait is finally coming to an end
1: yeah and it's gonna be a little later start this year with the August eighth practice I think that might be the latest start that I can ever remember since I've been, you know covered them and uh and so uh you know we're gonna just have that sense of uh when's it gonna get here but uh it's gonna get here and uh you know it just won't get here quite as early as the uh <laughs> four SEC media days have gotten here but uh but it's gonna get here
0: I still want to have a golf tournament, Dan, for a Pac 12 Media Day, man. I just, you know, I know they do that down the SEC. Why can't we have a yeah. golf tournament?
1: Yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, some of those old traditions that they, uh, started in the, uh, you know, the SEC or the Big 12, uh, wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, that'd be, uh, that'd be fun. That's a good idea. You should, you should push that a little bit.
0: I'll, t- I'll talk to the guys. I don't know. They just don't seem to want to do that stuff. They want, they want to make sure it's in a studio somewhere and, uh, that's about It'll it. It'll
1: always be in a studio, not a golf course, that's yeah. <laughs> for sure. Maybe a tennis course they might uh, uh, go for that. But. Yeah,
0: they could do a little tennis action. All right, cool. All right, well, thanks, Dan, and uh, everyone else. Okay. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next time. And here's a quick message from our sponsor, Michael Maline Real Estate.
2: transaction. Michael Moline Real Estate has industry expertise to help you with both your real property and your personal property as you get ready to transition. Michael Moline Real Estate specializes in properties located on the west side of Los Angeles and the southern San Fernando Valley communities. Allow Michael Moline Real Estate to give you a free comparative market analysis and home valuation so you know how much your home is worth today. Contact Michael Moline at com. That's Michael M-O-L-I-N-E real Estate.com